Welcome to the Smart Driving Cars podcast. Thank you for joining us once again. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the Faculty Chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi, Alan. Hey, good morning, Fred. And we are happy to have with us once again, Bryce Rasmussen, Princeton Class of 25, who's been a very busy intern with Alan over the summer. Hi, Bryce. Uh, hi. hi, Fred. Well, Alan, I'm going to turn things over to you to describe what Bryce has been doing. Yeah, great. Um, well, Bryce, I've had the good fortune of having Bryce as an intern for the past two summers. And and so this summer, I guess I really beat him up. But uh, we've had these tools at, at Princeton to basically try to evaluate uh, what one might be able to do with a um, uh demand responsive mobility system in various communities across the country uh, by by uh, looking at uh, who might be able to be given rides by these systems and, and how efficient they could be. Um, we really haven't focused on whether or not it's LIDAR, SHMIDAR, or KIDAR that's propelling them or whatever. Uh, we're really looking at the service concept that, of course, uh, we think, uh, uh, or nobody else has really been able to deliver uh, economically to date, otherwise they would have, uh, but uh, that we think that with uh, automation and a, a um, uh, automated system that is safe, it could be de uh, delivered. And, um, and we're just trying to find places where um, it could give rides that people might use to improve their lives. Uh, and then all this software and, and database that does that, uh, Bryce has been putting it together so that we can maybe put it out there so that um, anybody in any community can basically use this to look at, do it themselves um, and learn and see and see if it's for them. And so I think Bryce and, and I would uh, like to put you through one of these sessions and at some point in the very near future, we're just going to put this up there as a link that anybody can click on that has a reasonable computer in front of them and a reasonable internet connection and sit there and just see whether or not the mobility offered by such a uh, system in terms of level of service could possibly be of value to their community. Is that a pretty fair assessment, Bryce? What do you think? I'd say that's probably a pretty fair assessment on a lot of the stuff we try to do with this. Thank you, Bryce. Okay, he gets an A. Tell us what we're going to do. So we start out uh, on the input page where we can first we'll select a name for the ODD. Let's call this Tampa FAV, FAV for now. Tampa FAV3. Can I change it? Can I intervene here? Let's call it Tampa. Since we've done a couple of Tampa FAVs, and FAV is the, for the Florida Automated Vehicle uh, uh, Conference that uh, takes place uh, starting a week from today, I believe. So uh, I'll be there. Maybe Bryce will be there. And um, and uh, it is. Is that right? It's a week from today? or I think it's two weeks. Two weeks from today. <laughs> There's summer left. Okay. Let's call it Florida FAV3. Okay. We've, of course, you know played around with some of these already go okay so uh then i just for the sake of ease we'll just 
ODD yeah, is for operational design domain that we mm -hmm. basically set out a geographic area within which we would constrain uh, the operation of such a system. So this is uh, the places where it can come from and go to, and it's restricted to these places. Okay, it can't all of a sudden come up to Jersey. Okay, so um, that's one of the constraints of the system designs that uh, we've imposed. Go. Okay, so uh, just to, I guess, give a little background, the background map you're seeing with all the pretty colors are uh, we have a we have overlaid a grid to try to help show people trying to create a map or just trying to assess the community in general on this that shows the density of non-walking trips within half mile by half mile uh, areas. And, and and these uh, are these are trips that originate within these particular yes, grid areas. that are originating within these and, half mile and, by half mile coordinate bits. Yeah. So it's just a way for us to do a data structure organization of data that otherwise is uh 1.1 million person trips. So when you a have billion. a database that's that's large, you need a way to be able to find those that might be originating around Tampa. So uh, mm -hmm. the grid is only to help us with respect to the data management so that if we point to a grid, we get all the trips that originate from that particular uh, quarter square mile area. So go. Yeah. As well as it just, I think it is kind of helpful to be able to just see where like some of your real hotspots within the city for trip originations. Okay, so... Ms. Greiner, where would you like to draw the ODD? How yeah, you like well, to draw I think uh, when we take an area that's, that's like about, you know, 15 square miles or something like that, we, we want to start small, okay? Yeah. Uh, Do you want issue, to include the airport in this one? Yeah, I think we should include the airport. Okay. The, the reason we want to include the airport is because if we serve the airport, then all of a sudden we can serve trips that, that might come to Jersey, yeah. Okay. So, in other words, we have we have some folks uh, that that might live in Tampa want to come to Jersey. I mean, of course, they would want to come to Jersey. Uh, they might go to the airport. Uh, so, if we serve the airport, they can take United Airlines to Newark, um, hop on the People Mover there, take the train down to uh, Princeton Junction, take the dinky to Princeton, and come to Forty Two Cleveland Lane. Uh, visit me. Okay. Then we'll just. Draw it. Eh, we'll, we'll include this hospital right here. Sure. And we'll because come down people to probably downtown. want to go to the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. So I can see you dragging out an area there. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. I hope That's... people can see it on their screen. Yeah. Hope, I think they should be able to. And then and down we'll just... in the le lower left hand corner of the map, we sort of have a scale so you can see sort of how big of an area you. you Everyone's uh, drawing out. You see what how big uh, one mile is. So yeah, go. Yeah. Okay. So then we have everything drawn out, and I'm just gonna stick a point over at the airport to show where we're gonna pick up and drop people off going to the airport. Then we can just go ahead and submit. Then if we just want to go ahead let this run for a few minutes and we can circle back to this after you guys talk about some of the recent news. I think that would work pr pretty well. 
Yeah, so, I mean, what this thing is doing at this particular point in time, we have a, a data set of, uh, as I said, 1.1 million um, virtual trips. We've created uh, 320 some million virtual ind individuals in the United States, and for each one have built a virtual trip a daily tour for that they might take on a on a day to go to work go go get ice cream shoot hoops across the street or across town or, or whatever or come to jersey and um and we think it is representative of uh, mobility that's going to take place today in the nation and so what we're doing at this particular point is extracting from that database using you know, the the internet to go grab the data for this particular uh, operational design domain that we see here. So we're looking for all the trips that originate and terminate in this area, as well as the trips that originate in this area that go to places like New Jersey that you could fly to um, and, uh, and be able to then get around, uh, through some other mobility system to get to where you actually, uh, want to go. Uh, so, um, it's, um, in that sense, a multimodal, uh, operation. It's, it's, it's the last mile to the airport, uh, type of thing. And if we had a big, um, as we do in, in Jersey for operational design domains that that are served by New Jersey Transit Rail, we then say, my goodness, uh, you get to the train station, you can get uh, essentially anywhere in Jersey, uh, as long as you can figure out how to get from that train station to the, where you're uh, ultimately going on the other end. And maybe if those communities have those this kind of mobility, then we can actually travel from anywhere in Jersey to any other place in Jersey. So I'm going to equate this to a, a cooking show and we're baking a cake and we've just put it in the oven. We're going to come back to it. Yeah, and we should point out, Fred, that uh, we're trying to make this uh, really efficient, but you need an Internet connection. And we need our servers at, at Princeton or wherever we have our servers to be there sitting, waiting, ready to grab you the data. But it, it or, should or be in Do order. Or if Dojo is available. Well, happy to use that. <laughs> oh, Fred, you're setting me up. Boy, would I love to have Dojo. And I guess NVIDIA reported last night. Uh, I don't know. What did they report last night? Uh, did they report good good earnings? I believe they did. What, what's the headline on, on NVIDIA? The headline in Yahoo Finance is NVIDIA stock soars to record high as earnings forecasts crush expectations. That's yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, uh, that's two reportings in a row. I guess we need to thank ChatGPT and 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 non AI. Um, you know, <laughs> what happens if we, when we really get AI? I mean, Nvidia is going to go nuts. Um, <laughs> so let's uh, let's get into some of the yeah. headlines in the latest uh, smart driving cars sure. newsletter on top. Uh, from the New York Times, the headline is, This Experience May Feel Futuristic, Three Rides in Waymo Robot Taxis. Yeah, and and I I stuck this in as I was hitting send in the last uh, e-letter, and I put it at the top of this e-letter simply because uh, Elizabeth and I ended up um, putting together a letter to the editor on this, and which basically says to the new, which, you know, of course, they're not going to publish it, but we have this, <laughs> this outlet to, to talk about it. 
it is really nice that that the New York Times did send three of its reporters across the country to see if this is real. And in fact, from the article, they found it real. And I guess they didn't find smoke mirrors and everything else because otherwise they would have reported on it. And as we've been saying now, ever since we went out to the uh, and Bryce was out there at the um, at the conference in San Francisco and we got to ride on these things. And that's when basically and we came out and said, you know, they've done the proof of concept. This does work. It is safe. It is it is it does what it claims it's supposed to do. Take people from A to B in an operational design that is non-trivial and they're doing it without smoke and mirrors and 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 whatever. At least we couldn't find the smoke and mirrors, and neither could the New York Times, I guess, since they didn't report on it. However, the story ke- still keeps coming out of San Francisco is that, you know, <clears throat> this is a tourist attraction, or this is something for tourists, or this is something that you know, isn't welcomed in in San Francisco. Doesn't seem to solve a problem that San Francisco, San Franciscans perceive to have. That's what their reaction has been. And there's even another article that we put up, uh, you know, from the from the San Francisco Standard talking about the amount of money that Waymo and and um, and crews have spent on lobbying to provide mobility, to provide safe, high quality, um, affordable, equitable, sustainable mobility to a community. I mean, they're coming in and saying, here's a gift to you. This is this is valuable. This is a valuable contribution to a community. And they have to spend lobbying money to convince the people to say, thank you for the gift. What? What's the matter with San Francisco? Do they already have so much? Everybody is so rich. Everybody has it so made. Everybody is so well off that they think this is an intrusion. Okay, guess what? If that's the way the community feels about it, Waymo and Cruz shouldn't be spending money to lobby to say, oh, no, no, please let let us do this good thing for you. They should say, hey, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for letting me go in there and do my proof of of, of concept uh, and, and, and operate in your city that is so whatever. They don't even have control of their traffic lights so that they can create a green wave for emergency vehicles to get from A to B so that they don't have to go through red lights when they're screeching through town. What? You know, this is supposedly the technology capital of the world, but they're very happy there. They don't want this. So fine. So what way and, 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 and crews should do is say, thank you, thank you, thank you for letting us use you to prove to the world that we work without smoke and mirrors, 
we're going to go to communities who will, who will take what we have and appreciate what we're giving them. This is Cruz and Waymo giving something to San Francisco. And then somebody says, well, they're going to make money. Oh, what's Silicon Valley and San Francisco all about? How much of the venture people want to make? What's Fear their whole objective money. when they come through yeah. the Orphe department at Princeton? Who I want to make money. Who I want to make money. Cut it out. There this is, is a, like, there, there this is, a is crazy. To, Alan, no inference whatsoever that it has to do with that lobbying story, but there's a headline in Politico that I've sent along to you that says Gavin Newsom sides with the robots in autonomous vehicle debate. You might want to question how that headline is written, but um, that's a story from Politico. Yeah, well, look, I mean, <laughs> mobility is fundamental to quality of life. Sure. Hey, it's very nice here. I could stay here the whole time. I got the inner tubes. I can go anywhere. You know, I can virtual whatever. Unfortunately, I think the human entity likes to go places. I like to visit you. I like to visit. I'd even like to go to Iowa where, where Bryce is. You know, I have been there. <laughs> Henry Henry has the uh, Iowa Central and, and we run a, go on steam ride trains down through Iowa. But, but it seems as if that those folks in San Francisco who have a heck of a lot of mobility for themselves don't want to see anybody else have it either. They want it for themselves. I don't know what's the matter with those folks. Cut it out. You know, when, when, when we go through, when, when Bryce and I go through analyses for San Francisco, 2.1 million person trips a day. 2.1 million. Mooney serves at best 30%. Okay? With a fair structure that requires 4x subsidy over what people pay. 4x, at least. Okay? They've made it so that it's affordable. The community has said, hey, yeah, yeah, okay. But even with that, you know, they don't serve everybody. They can't. Because then they would require 5X, 6X, 7X, 8X. And then you look, oh, there's, there's Uber and Lyft out there. Okay, so they serve 10%. What's the rest of them do? Well, I guess they all have Lambos. Or they all, each of the parent, each kid, each 14-year-old has a parent who wants to schlep them here, schlep them there, schlep them everywhere. And heaven forbid that you can't afford an Uber and a Lyft. Because they don't have the 4X, 5X subsidy. And the drivers deserve to earn a living wage while they sit around and wait for you and reposition themselves to get to you and then eventually drive you and say, oh, Professor Kornheiser, can I help you with your bags? That's non-cheap. Some people are willing to put in a little, you know, put in a little shoe leather themselves, put some skin in the game and say, yeah, okay, I'm willing to walk a little bit, get on the day. 
and have it take me to where I want and walk a little bit so that I don't have to pay as much. This is what Uber and Lyft, this is what Waymo and Cruz could be offering them to the whole 2.1 million, as well as all the visitors that come there who have who are clueless about how to get there. Oh, let, let me find where the cable car is. Uh, oh, yeah, I can hop on the cable car. Anyway, I don't know. I've had it with San Francisco. And I think Cruz and Waymo should have had it. Come to Jersey. I really think that in Jersey, even though, we, you know, everybody said, don't come to Jersey. I think we would appreciate you. Well, they're getting you closer, Alan. The you can improve right? the quality of life of a lot of people here. You pointed out they're getting closer when we said the, the other day <laughs> that they're they're coming to Charlotte uh, cruises, and now there's a headline as well that they're that they're bringing the uh, robo taxis into Raleigh. Yeah, they're bringing it to Raleigh, which is nice and so on. But the reporting is that the reporting is not about giving people rides that need rides to be able to get to a doctor or to a cello lesson or to or, or to a library or to shoot hoops across across town or to visit a friend or to visit somebody that's that's incarcerated. No, it's not that. The the, the message somehow the mobility everybody's gotten tied up with the technology. Oh, there's AI in here. This is really tough AI. Oh, you know, we've got to have NVIDIA chips in here. Oh, yeah. And we have to have a LiDAR and we have to have high definition maps. You don't need the high definition maps. You don't need the LiDAR. Really, I guess Cruz and Waymo will disagree with me, but I'm, I'm, you don't. Okay, you could do this. Boom. Provide mobility to people, but I, I guess mobility is just not sexy, and 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 it's not a headline, and it's none of these. So New York Times didn't use it as a headline, uh, you know, all these other places. <laughs> I mean, and and the public relations departments of of Cruz and Waymo, they're they're out there. It's, they want to show off their lidars. What? Really? They're just Ken. <laughs> Never mind. Some people will get it. Some people won't. <laughs> Alan, uh, there's uh, another headline which uh, you've passed <laughs> along to me that's a little disturbing. Starting October 1st, Pinellas Sunrunner will no longer be free to ride. And the article, as you point out, says... The move comes in the wake of pressure from St. Pete Beach residents who have complained about homeless people riding the free bus into their community. And from Pinellas County Sheriff, their sheriff who said he saw imposing a fare as the only way to stem an increase in activities such as, such as panhandling, sleeping on the beach, and shoplifting. Um, and your comment is nothing new? I, I don't want to comment. Somebody should be embarrassed. I mean, this is what? What have we become? Really? I, I'm not going to get suckered in. And I don't want to get suckered into this one to comment because, you know, this is just ugly. It speaks for itself. 
it speaks for itself. And I guess the only thing that I want to add, because I've been around so damn long. Okay. This is not new. I have personal, firsthand experience of when Mercer Metro had a free demonstration throughout Mercer County of bus rides, circa 1975, in which class of 75, 76 students, I love Rice, did surveys on those buses to understand, you know, the implications of ridership and surveyed, you know, implications of this new form of, of affordable mobility uh, buses. At least they were free. And the reaction was what? The Merchant Association, the merchants on Nassau Street in Princeton complained. This is bringing shoplifters from Trenton to Princeton. Guess what? No more free bus. Totally U-G-L-Y. Disgusting. Really? I mean, come on. I mean, you can't even do a come on man on this. This is beyond come on man. Finally, Alan, uh, once again, you have in the in the newsletter, tip of the hat to uh, Rob Maurer, uh, Tesla Daily, uh, one of the latest headlines, Tesla teases Cybertruck delivery event and production candidates. So, yeah, we're about to see the Cybertruck closer every time somebody snaps a photo from above or wherever. <laughs> they're it they're like, they're like <laughs> it's like whatever. I mean, you know. <laughs> Well, we're going to go back. To I, I do. Now. I do. I do. I should point out a personal thing in here. I should be sure. <laughs> what the heck? I always point out personal stuff. Whenever, whenever the free model three, they had an announcement. If you put a thousand bucks down, you can get on a list to get a, to be first on your block to have a model three. Right. <laughs> so I couldn't wait to send Tesla a check for a thousand bucks. What was that? You know, five years ago or something like that. I guess their accounting system finally figured out that I hadn't I hadn't uh, gone in and bought one. And a couple of days ago, I actually got a check from Tesla for a thousand dollars. I think I'm going to frame it. I'm not going to cash. I'm just going to frame it. <laughs> but where's my interest? I mean, don't don't I get some interest on that money? I think you provided an interest free, Alan. And it's I think funny I because gave it, for the for the I, cyber truck, they only wanted a hundred dollar deposit. Oh, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna buy ten. I'm gonna send it for ten. Just send them their check back. So put me in line for ten. All right, so let's let's head back to uh, yeah, Bryce yeah, now. See if Bryce the cake is ready to come there, out of the oven. Uh, gritting, wanting to get on board. Go, Bryce. <laughs> Okay. Oh my goodness! Look at what we have already. Is that what comes back, Bryce? After yeah, you know, a couple is, minutes. Yeah, this is the uh, automatic one that voted a number of minutes ago. 
Good. So I see we have Tampa FAV3, which is really the one we created. So we're not, you know, smoke and mirrors and this thing. And so uh, show, to, describe what we see here on the screen. Okay. So effectively, we have from the area we took uh, all the trips within that area. We then created a number of uh, kiosk locations where people would be assigned to for their trips. Both their origin and destination would be assigned to a trip. Well, let, let me let me sort of change the way you say that. It's it's what we're using here in 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 the service model of this mobility system is is not a ride hailing model. It's a elevator service model it, it's it's the service concept here is as we use elevators to get from ground the ground to someplace up in a tall building or not so tall building if you if you look at the mobility that is offered in those buildings is that you find yourself someplace you kind of figure out where you need to go in that building where when you show up there, there's either something there waiting to take you up or down. It may be there with open door welcoming you. Hey, come on in. Uh, or there's some mechanism there that recognizes that you want a thing there to get you up or down might be a button i don't know of one that says hey i need an app on my cell phone why, why would you need an app i mean that's not an easy way to do things that's a hard way to do things you should be able to show up at a place and because you're there there's no reason why i can't recognize that it's you and there's no reason i especially now with all the ai that since we're creatures of habit, probably has a darn good idea where you want to go. If I'm going to a hotel, you know, like a Marriott, I've already registered at the desk. They know where my room is. They know the likelihood that I'm going to the 15th floor is... Phew, you know, the probability distribution is that, you know, man, slam dunk. And I could say, as I show there, I don't, I'm not going to the 15th. I'm going to go visit Bryce on the 12th. And the thing knows where I'm going. And I could be speaking who knows what language. Jeez, I mean, Google translates it to the right thing and whether or not you want to use Google Translate or something, you know, Price can put anything in here to, you know, translate it. So it knows where you're going. And all of a sudden the door opens if it's not already open. And guess what? The floor, the door, and the and the room is right on board. It's right there. So even if you're in a wheelchair, boom. No problem. And there are some things on the wall so that if you can't see, it's tactile. And there are microphones there that can listen to you and say, you know, if you want to speak it. 
You don't need an app. My sister can't use her cell phone because she doesn't have good use of her hands. There are folks that are not, you know, 13-year-olds. I mean, when phones first came out, people were doing this. I'm wondering, what the hell is that? Anyway. So what we've done is an article concept of this thing is we've taken the vertical and we've spread it out two-dimensionally. And you can see it two-dimensionally. These are the, these are the, the elevator bank locations throughout the city, throughout the operational design domain. And just like an elevator, you find the one you want to get into, you get into it, you communicate with it in who knows what array of ways that it is totally capable, even your phone, to then figure out where you're going. And then it takes you right there. Just like it takes you right there. I mean, how does anybody know what the heck the elevator is doing as it's going to the 13th floor? Oh, we can all imagine. It's like a cable. Same thing here. Go from, you know, point out uh, Gray Terrace there on the left on the, on the west coast there near 295. Can you put your cursor on there, Bryce? Yeah, go from there to the, I don't know, go up to 275 Lake Avenue or something like that on the upper right-hand corner. So, hey, Kornhauser going from there. He just showed up because what? He wants to visit a friend up there, upper right-hand corner. Pick a, pick a point, slide over there. Boom, to there. And guess what? Hey, you can follow the tree there, the route that it will take. Yeah. Then it takes you right there. Now maybe maybe Fred shows up at the same time and says, "Oh no 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 no! I want to go to uh, West Arch Street, like in the middle somewhere there." And of course, the system says, "Well, if Kornhauser's going up there to whatever, Fred, you might as well hop in with him." But I'm there hitting buttons, saying, "Hey, don't let Fred in." <laughs> Thanks, then, Alan. You know, then I look at Fred. I have to hell with him, you know. I mean, he's been messing around down here in, in, in Gray Terrace, you know, in that community there. He probably is my neighbor, even though I hate my neighbors. I probably love him. Sure, get in, Fred. And we go, and it takes us. Explain hey, a little bit, if you can, uh, how you're going to roll this out. You're saying that people will be able to use this interactive uh, visualization just by... Uh, Plugging in a location, a, a community, so if, or if how's it going to work? To, to the system that's here, or maybe I should let Bryce say it. <laughs> Bryce, you answer. <laughs> okay, so going back to, yeah, going to your question, the way we kind of envision putting this out is kind of just having it hosted on the public-facing public, public facing website where people can go in. They will be brought to the page that we saw earlier. They can draw uh, the area they want to look at for whether it be their community um, just or just uh, an area of a city they're interested to see how it would work. 
then they can just uh, submit it. It'll go back to our servers for computation. It'll take a few minutes. Then they the will servers be... already have the data about the populations and et cetera, mm -hmm. person trips. Yes. So then uh, once it we basically subset and analyze everything, it'll create the network, create the kiosks, then create the road networks and assign all of the person all of the trips within that area, and we'll directly then send them to their version of what we're currently looking at, where they can go ahead and just kind of do their own like analysis kind of look. They might say, okay, there's 136,741 trips within this area total that we could possibly try to serve some percentage of that with uh, possibly like a move style system that Cornhouser, that Cornhouser and I so like to talk about. Or they might also see there's 12, over 12,000 trips of people going to and from school that are in excess of length of one half line. And so you may take a look and see that where and be like, well, this could be a good way to serve a lot of kids that may struggle to get to school at times and just make it a lot more accessible for them. It seems you're replacing what could be lengthy planning studies, consultants, et cetera, and with a, with a, with a piece of software that essentially takes minutes. I think that would be a very helpful thing. And because the goal is really just with this is to be able to give communities and companies a tool to be able to say, how would this system look in our community? And this for them to be able to get an idea and hopefully show them that a move style system could serve their community very well and just really help a lot of people there. Hey, hey Fred, I guess that was nasty what you just said. Well, it yeah, wasn't I meant mean, to be. It, I, yeah, uh, but that, that's what it's meant to be. Again, what this is, is the, the, the 136,741 daily person trips is our estimation of the total demand for mobility that can be served origin to destination by this system that would require walk access. So pick a kiosk. Don't we have walk distance distributions, Bryce? Um, pick a kiosk. I don't, I don't have, I haven't included the walk distance distribution. Okay. Well then, okay. Then time of day, time of day. Do we have yeah, walk yeah. distance distribution? So there like, it is. Okay. Oh, like no, that's the cumulative is, trip distance, right? For oh uh, yeah, we have we have cumulative trip distance as well as uh, time distributions for uh, both the ODD in general and specific kiosks. Right. So the upper right hand corner graph is what that, that's a cumulative distribution of, of the distance trips of the, trip. the hundred thirty six thousand total addressable market. Yes, to be served right. So mm -hmm. right away, what the community says, well, how long are these trips? You can pick out the 50% the point, you know, the the 50% of the trips are what? Pick it yeah, out. About, about not quite two miles. Two miles. Hey, Bryce, we don't need all the decimal places, as you know, right? Uh, yeah. uh, you know, don't confuse people. You know, it's about two miles. Mm -hmm. 
So, so the, the what this shows is is that in Tampa, or this could be anywhere, there is a community of mobile of, of people that live here that really want to travel here, for which the travel is not all that long. And, you know, there are 136,000 of them every day, a rough number. Might be 120,000, maybe 150,000, maybe 110,000. But that number, okay, of that, you know, half of them are greater than a half a mile, but less than two miles. Okay, the longest one is like five and a half miles. You could have somebody walk it. Maybe somebody does. It's you know really can't get a ride, but you probably like to be able to have easy mobility between them. You know these these kiosks serve things like synagogues and churches and restaurants and and, and you know hospitals and doctors mm-hmm. and shopping areas and beaches and da, 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 da. I imagine there's a beach somewhere. Oh, and, and a, we even have a dock. We probably saw Sunset Beach. There you go. Mm-hmm. Whatever, you know, that want to go within that. That's what the livelihood of Tampa is. And these are Tampa residents. We have an overlaid on top of this thing, visitors. Okay, why? Because I guess, I don't know. Sure, the visitor economy is really important to Tampa and visitors need to be taken care of. But there's probably, you know, they probably, most of them have enough cash in their pocket that they can take Uber Lyft. Okay? This is an attempt to provide improvement to the people who live and spend you know, 350 plus days in Tampa every year, or maybe only 180 and the rest of the time they spend them in Jersey. I don't know. But, you know, this is for them. This is their mobility system. That's why it's, and of that, the market for it is 136,000 trips a day. That's a good number of trips. All right. And what do they do? 12,000 and go to school, 72,000 or, or, you know, 52,000 go to or from work. This provides mobility people to and from work. Just think if you, if you, if you lived on the 15th floor of a hotel and you worked on the second floor, boy, mobility is nice and easy. Just go and go you go there and well, why is it different if you live near Annadale and you work in on East Jackson on, on Highway 41? Should be just as easy. You walk a little bit, you get in, it takes you within, you know, might take five minutes for the doors to close, but no more than five minutes. You might have to ride with Fred and maybe even with Bryce too. Under the peak demand, if you look at if you look at the demand thing up there in the five minute blocks, there are steep peaks in which people want to get on the system at that time. What are most of those peaks? Most of those are school kids. 
We're people that need to punch in at a certain time. Because if they don't punch in at a certain time, guess what? They get fired. Why don't they get there at the time to punch in? Ability. They couldn't get there then. The bus was late. The car broke down. I had to walk. I had to transfer three times. I missed the connection. This is what the system would do. We think that these things are life enhancing for the community. So here they are. So what Bryce has created is an ability to be able to take an area, look at what the heck's going on within that area, suggest initial locations for where some of these places, these elevator banks might exist, we call them kiosks, that you can just go to, that readily know, or you can tell where you want to go, and just make it happen. Why can they just make it happen? Because it's people like Bryce who can sit there and write the code to have these things and have them make it just happen. Because this is all code-driven. And guess what? Code, huh? What is it, Bryce? Line at a time, ba-ba-boom, 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 right? <laughs> and once you got it right, bam. And it doesn't have to take a bathroom break. And it doesn't need lunch. And it doesn't just want to operate between these eight hours or these eight hours or whatever. I mean, look at the time distribution of the demand here. It's all over the place. So if you look at that, and this is... Um, this that distribution is what for the whole thing or is that for the this is for the whole thing i can show you on specific kiosks too if you'd like yeah okay so let's look at a kiosk so you know you can sit around here and, and learn that's, you know the check about the kiosk at saint joseph's hospital yeah so let's look at what happens at saint joseph's hospital okay guess what we have a shift change at 4 30. Mm -hmm. that's what that peak is I, I don't know if the shift change at St. Joseph's is exactly 4.30. This is when we created the virtual representation of, of Tampa and the rest of the United States, and we put in shift changes for these places. But the hospitals have shift changes. That's what they look like. Guess what? Those are people leaving work. They might even have another one at midnight. Probably does. We could improve this. This gives you a, a beginning of it. Okay. Where do people go from there? Well, zoom out. We can see where they go from 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 this is the this the this kiosk rank of four that's up there suggests that look, this is this is this is the the fourth most act, active place in terms of opportunities to serve the total addressable market of Tampa. And where they go, they, they go all over the place. The width of the line is proportional to the number of person trips that originate at that pixel, that could originate at that pixel, that go to the other pixels. So if we go down to the bottom and zoom in, you'll see, you know, 
however many, that, that little thin line, that's the number of people that, that go through each one of those. So this provides an enormous amount of information to somebody who's looking at, my goodness, the problem with mobility is that it is so temporally and spatially diffuse. We can see the diffusion here spatially. The, the lower right-hand corner graph shows you to you temporally in terms of originations. Pick another one. Just pick one. Um, I'd pick any. Uh, I'd pick a small one. I don't pick any. Let's go University of Tampa. Uh, yeah, okay. So that's what happens there. Pick another one. Don't just pick. Next one. Any pick any. This is interactive. This allows you to pick any. You go look. That's a 16th rank one. Pick one. Okay. This is a 57th rank one. There are a total number of person trips originating there of 892. Bam. The information's there in front of your eyes. In terms of looking. And the important thing that this sort of riles me about what Waymo and Cruz is trying to do in San Francisco. I guess they're trying to operate on every street. No. If you if, if, just stay right there so I can explain this mm -hmm. so people can see it. Underneath this is a map, open street maps of the streets in Tampa. You can see them all, they're white. Okay, this number of kiosks, how many kiosks do we have here? Um, where's the number? Oh, uh, where's the number of kiosks? We lost the number of just, what was the number? I thought we had it someplace. <laughs> I thought, I, did, or I think it's, I believe it's 81. Okay, so there, we have 81 kiosks. In other words, there are 81 floors to this tall building, if you want to put it in, in elevator context, 81 floors, okay? To go between every one of those 81 floors directly and efficiently and safely, the black lines are the only roads you're gonna use or that you need to use or that you wanna use or that you're gonna be worried about whether or not it's safe enough to go that way. That's it. Not all the white lines. You don't need them all. And in fact, some places, hey, if somebody doesn't want you going down in front of their house, you can easily jiggle this thing to go down somebody else, down another one where you would be welcomed if you're not welcomed here. It doesn't need to work everywhere to everywhere. An elevator bank in a building doesn't go through the, the all every place through a building. It has a shaft. It efficiently. These are nothing but shafts. The subset of the street network that you really have to worry about these vehicles. Or to allow them some accommodation because they're delivering to your community such value that they deserve that accommodation. That's what this is. 
And somehow the whole context of driverless mobility a la Waymo and Cruz and the others has been taken to be, I don't know what. And if you do this, you can operate it 24-7. And in Tampa, I guess you can operate it 365. If you bring this to New Jersey, maybe you can... It didn't snow in, in Princeton last winter. So actually, last year, we could have operated it 365. But assume, hey, every once in a while there's snow, you got to wait for... Andrew Tunard to go out there and shovel all the snow for New Jersey DOT, and then we're good to go. So maybe we could operate 360 days a year. Even in Buffalo, Buffalo only has one inch of snow 28 days a year. Even in Buffalo, hey, after it's shoveled and salted in just these locations, not everywhere, mm -hmm. you could be good to go. Oh, but Cruz and Waymo say, oh, no, snow. I don't know. Cut it out. Anyway, this is what we think this tool can do and allow you. And then you have all kinds of, of ability to be able to edit it, right? Mm -hmm. Talk yeah. to us about some of the, besides learning, mm -hmm. editing. So um, let's come down here say you don't like where uh this this kiosk is just enable local knowledge because yeah. you know you you meet with you the actually know the you meet with the people who live there mm -hmm. and you say to them hey is this convenient for you mm -hmm. Would you like you it like there? <laughs> this is for you if you don't want it here we'll take it away mm -hmm. if rose radiology of kennedy doesn't want it there or Park Motel, that's a motel. Mm -hmm. I guess it needs cars, so maybe it's not going to want this here. I don't know. Fine. Well, look, it's up to the community. This is for the benefit of the community. And this tool allows one in the community to go in there and say, okay, oh, but hey, it would make a lot more sense there to be near Villa Brothers Park and the Florida National Guard because um, because of hey because we as a community think it would be better there fine please edit it move it put it there go for it Bryce yeah so put it there and or say that this kiosk down here yeah down at uh, Northwestern Avenue they, they, they want it somewhere else put it somewhere else yeah you know move it yeah put, put it down here. Sure. Or say we that's uh, enough, enough price, price people. Hey, once we get people used to this thing, they're gonna sit there and play all day. Say uh, you don't like this camp, you don't like this kiosk because it um kiosk to the east is pulling too many. Just remove kiosk 51. Just go ahead, remove that. And or say in downtown. There's so many trips here, so you need to uh, add another one. Downtown 2. Create that. We want to bring that over to the theater to get some of those trips. Then once you get all of the changes done you'd like, 
you can just save and subset it and it'll go back out again, recalculates all of the new uh, ideal routes, reassign trips to kiosks in the new ideal way and create everything else you need and just do all the updates. Yeah, so again, this is this is uh, uh, this is a tool for one to learn how to try to serve the desired mobility to have a good quality of life in any neighborhood community in the nation. And so we're putting it out there for Peter people to play and I can't wait to get my classes fall because I'm going to have all my students we're all, we're going to play all day okay so when oh. when 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 do you anticipate doing that and uh, where would people be able to get information just by staying tuned to the newsletter and the podcast here yeah one and uh we're going to I'm going to we're going to try to do a workshop at the Florida AV conference in 2 weeks in which we're going to have computers, hopefully, if we, if, if Jeff and I can set it all up to do it, where people who are attending the conference can just sit there and play, okay? And um, and um, uh, also uh, we're going to make the links available and um, and just make it available because it's a tool. We've been working on this for now <laughs> over ten years. Okay, and it's just evolved and it's finally improved. And I'm so um, um, indebted to, to Bryce for all the good work that he did with this, because in addition, what we have behind this is that for each of these individual person trips that we have for each of the virtual person trips that we have, we've also assigned a probability to that individual and that trip as to whether or not they have a car available to them that they can drive themselves, as to the extent that they can uh, uh, get a ride from a family member, as to the the, the extent that they can afford a, a, a Lyft, Uber, taxi, limo, or to what extent they would become a valued customer of an affordable mobility system that is just sitting there waiting to serve them such that the sum of those four probabilities add up to one. So that the next piece of this, which we'll do in another episode, is the animation of a day's operation. So the kinds of things that one can do for this, just as the discussion is going on in San Francisco now, how many Uber, how many crews and lift vehicles are they going to have out there you can go out there and say okay i'm going to operate this system with i don't know what do we have we have uh, how many kiosks in this uh, 81 81 so maybe we'll do uh, 160 vehicles okay why because that's kind of we can deploy two to each kiosk on average to be sitting around and waiting so it's just like you know figuring out in a in a tall building how many elevator banks do you need to serve what the demand's going to be, and so our rules of thumb on this thing are like you know maybe two per kiosk, 
It's not that we would distribute them uh, that way or that we would not have staging areas for these things, for the empty vehicle repositioning and all that stuff that you need to do. Just like elevators, empty vehicle reposition. They stage elevators at the top of buildings uh, uh, in, in, in hotels in the morning. Why? Because people are going down. And in the evening at the bottom, because people are going up. Same thing here. I mean, we know this. We know we have, you know, we can use some intelligence, not artificial intelligence, but intelligence to do this. Okay, and and do that. And maybe with with the hundred with, with one hundred and sixty vehicles, economically, the rule of thumb might be that we could, if we can get to a point at which on average, each vehicle serves 100 trips, person trips a day. We can get to a fair structure such that the fair, break-even fair for such a system would be, you know, under three bucks a ride. Break-even fair without subsidy. Why? Because the productivity of each vehicle is so high at 100 person trips per day. If we then target to have a demand, 160 vehicles, 100 person trips a day, what do we need? We need 16,000 person trips a day to average out 100. 16,000 divided by 136 is what, Bryce? 16,000 is 12%. I don't know, give or take. I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. I'm not a, I'm not really good. Don't check me, Bryce. <laughs> Something like 12. I don't know. It's not a big percentage. And the question is, is, is of the people who need rides, who could be our valued customers, you know, is this a reasonable number within that community? And what we find is that, you know, to be able to serve that many and that stuff, heck yeah. People can continue to drive themselves. People can continue to give their kids rides. People can continue to use Uber Lyft. But there's a lot of folks that either aren't going who would really value and be our customers, you know, 300 times a year, 600 times a year, a thousand times a year, who could really improve their quality of life. And so the, those are the folks that we put on this system and we then see how well we could serve them. What the vehicles would actually have to do, what the average vehicle occupancy would actually have to be. Are there opportunities where I would get in and Fred shows up and wants to get in with me so that I can increase average vehicle occupancy to get to something like maybe two on average. Most of the time it's, Think about when you use elevators. I guess all of our audiences use elevators. Some of the time, it's only you. Other times, Fred shows up and wants to go with you. Even other times, Alan and Bryce show up. Four of us need to go. Geez, when I, when we were out at the conference in San Francisco, we went up to the you know the top of the hotel to go have a drink. Eight of us wanted to get in the elevator all together to go up to the top and have a drink. 
oh my goodness, I had to share the elevator with seven other people. Woe is me. It happens naturally. I stayed away from most of them. I put on my mask. Cut it out, folks. Relax. <laughs> this this really does look amazing. Uh, congratulations, Alan and, and Bryce. Really tremendous. And we're looking forward to this being put to great use. Yeah, I hope so. I hope it's informative. Look, this is... This, these are all virtual information individuals. We made them up. Okay. The trips are all virtual trips. We made them up. We think we did that intelligently. Of course. I mean, we're Princeton, you know, <laughs> we wouldn't do it stupidly. Would we Bryce Bryce? Would we do it stupidly? See, even Bryce agrees with me. We wouldn't do it stupidly. You know, how do we create the individual? Well, there's census data that supposedly tells us who our neighbors and what our community and what our country is. We have folks gathering data about all kinds of stuff, economics and social and political and whatever. We know where schools are. We know what their enrollments are. The kids have to come from someplace we know where people work. Workers have to come from someplace. We know where they go. We know where people shop. We know, we know that if it's a McDonald's, if a certain number of people don't show up there every day, guess what? There's no McDonald's. And from employees, whatever, we know how many employees are there. If not enough people show up there to support that many employees, guess what? They don't have that many employees. If a whole bunch of people show up and want to go there, they have more employees. So in fact, you can go intelligently actually build not only people, but where they might really want to go on a typical day to have a reasonable life. This is the underpinning of this whole thing. And we're just we're just trying to make it available on a context of a certain geographic area that then says, how would we help these people? Again, it drives me nuts that Waymo and Cruz had to spend money to lobby individuals in San Francisco to have permission to do good for San Francisco. What's the matter with San Francisco? I mean, okay, they wanna believe what they wanna believe, what they wanna do, fine. What Waymo and Cruz should go do is say, thank you. Thank you for letting us come in here and, and make sure we could go down the curviest road in the world because you have the curviest road in the world. Thank you. Sorry. We're out of here. We're going to go to communities, maybe like Tampa, whose quality of life could be really enhanced or they're going to be applauded. 
you know, I guess that's why Waymo originally went to Arizona. They were welcomed. Arizona saw that, hey, you know, it might be nice. Now, maybe they saw it might be nice just for rich people to now have another way to get around as opposed to who knows what. I don't care. But it seems like San Francisco doesn't want them. One of the things I've learned is where I'm not wanted, I don't want to go. No, thank you. Why would I want to go? The hell with you. Let me say it again. The hell with you. <laughs> Sorry, French. You got me going. Bryce, you got me going this morning. I don't know. Well, this was, this was a, a great session, and we want to thank uh, you, Bryce. Uh, Princeton class of 25. Yeah, I mean, for, he's, for joining be, us. he's about to become a junior. Ooh, mm -hmm. you're only halfway through, Bryce. Halfway. Halfway. Two more years of the best four years of your life. You only have two more, Bryce. <laughs> Let's keep having fun doing it. I hope we are, right? We are having mm -hmm. fun doing it, aren't yeah. we, Bryce? Just, just terrific, Bryce. And uh, you've got a clearly a, a great future ahead of you. Yeah, no, yeah. Anyway. You can find us at smartdrivingcar.com, also on Spotify, TuneIn, Apple, Google, Amazon, wherever you turn to for podcasts. You can find my tech reports at textination.com. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with Alan Kornhauser. Thanks for listening or watching. Please continue to stay safe. And have a great day, everybody, and enjoy the rest of the summer. And um, we'll put this thing out. Bryce, you have a safe trip from Iowa back to Princeton. Can't wait to have you back here.